Okay, welcome everyone. This is Expert Cities Post IPO Tech Insight Series podcast. We will discuss Coinbase that went IPO on 14 April 2021, one of the largest cryptocurrency exchange companies on earth. Before starting, please note that this podcast is not intended for investment advice. This references an opinion and is for information purpose only. We have our own guest today, Philip, who is the co-founder of Expertity as well as angel investor in cryptocurrency startups since 2015. Welcome, Philip. Can you give us a brief introduction about yourself? Hi, sure, happy to. Thank you for inviting me. Philip here. I'm actually also the co-founder of Expertity, but I've been crypto enthusiast since 2015 and have invested in various coins and lived through the brutal winter through 2018 to 2019. Until, of course, we what we call the crypto summer or, or the boom cycle again. So here we are through 2022. Now we've had a pretty good cycle. And since then, of course, the, the topic of all these exchanges have surfaced. And Coinbase actually going public was a huge deal in, in the industry. So I'm very happy to talk about it and share my uh, point of view. Yes, indeed. Coinbase is one of the heated topics these days uh, in the stock market, not just crypto markets. So the biggest question uh, people are asking and debating these days is, should we buy Coinbase stock? In other words, is the current stock price justifiable? So what, what is your view, Philip? Yeah, before diving straight into probably their financials or valuation, I, I would say when we look at how Coinbase grew, I mean, it currently has, uh, to my knowledge, about close to 3 million monthly active users, but it has 43 million verified users. It's, it's one of the most prominent cr- cryptocurrency exchanges in the world. Um, in fact, probably the most dominant one in the US. Quite honestly, like if you look at how they evolved through all this time and really got focused into uh, stabilizing their business, it's pretty commendable. And if, if you actually look at the 43 million verified users, compare that with any other consumer app or any other like user base, I think as crypto becomes mainstream, this users that are either stagnant or that are uh, incremental users that they can add, I think there's still huge upside. Like I, I think I just mentioned 3 million mo- monthly active users out of the 43 million. That's roughly only about what, 3% active users. But again, as crypto goes mainstream, I think that number will pick up. And why that's important is because they make most of their revenue from transactions. In their public record, I think over 80% of revenue comes from transactions, but it is still growing at about 130% year over year. And They have also about 21% of retail users who are engaged in non-investing products like borrowing, lending, staking, and other protocol participation. So in terms of where their business is today, they have a lot of upside. So let's look at their financials, right? Uh, The question was, should we buy Coinbase? Is the current price uh, justifiable, basically? I mean, if you look at the multiples comparison in other high growth tech peers, currently like the forward P ratio of Coinbase is roughly 30, but 
compared to Tesla, which is at a P ratio of 1,200 almost, and Apple being around 36, I actually think Coinbase, again, with various reasons of upside, is quite reasonable. Uh, again, we say upside, but like crypto is in still very much of infant, infant stage, in my honest opinion. And there are use cases we can't even predict right now. And that's why I think it's very exciting. And to have a P ratio ratio about 30, I do think it's quite reasonable. If you look at price to sales ratio, it's also sitting at about 12 compared to Tesla's 25, Airbnb's 15, and Snowflake's 106. So I think some analysts even has like have like recently set $600 as a target price for Coinbase based on these multiples, right? Which puts its market cap towards higher than 150 billion. So compared to where they are, roughly 80 billion fully diluted market cap, I do think I would want to bet my money on it, at least for the foreseeable uh, two, three years. That's a good insight based on the multiples. But also we've heard from some group of people, more traditional, more conservative approaches that says, based on DCF model, some people says traditionally reasonable pricing points is about 20 billion instead of toward 100 billion right now because of their margin probably getting pressurized dinner based on the competition and revenue growth is up and down but assuming their gross 20 percent compounded annual basis which is nasdaq's greatest 10-year revenue growth so there should be some conservative concerns around this stock price, although we know there are the high multiples around for these high growth tech peers? Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, this is where I think I want to go back to my original point. Uh, transaction uh, takes, what, over 80% of their revenues from transactions. But a lot of people are probably misunderstand this because as the market goes down, in fact, there's even higher volatility and even more trading volume, right? So whether the market is up or down, which is the, uh, the nature of crypto, right? Essentially, it's highly volatile. So as long as there is that interest, again, uh, I'll go back to maybe 2018, the year of winter. Unless that comes back, whether the market is down or up when it comes to crypto, to Coinbase, it's actually uh, either way is a good sign as long as there's volatility, right? I would say it's more like they're selling shovels during gold rush. They're not taking risk in the assets themselves, right? Although they do provide the services in custody or holding some assets, mainly, of course, again, they're in the transaction business. So this is the beauty of exchanges, right? And at the same time, where would this margin go then? Well, I think as they look towards having more subscription services, Again, it, subscription means they can be the custody of these assets. They have institutional services and also other revenues, like they have this education service or on-ramp service where they take uh, just a fee. Basically, it's a purely fee business. I think their margin will continue to stay high. And in fact, right now, their margins have stabilized to about 41% on adjusted EBITDA and 25% on net income margins for forward-looking 2020. So again, I don't see any reason why this would significantly drop, even if their business continues to expand. Got it. I'll buy that. Uh, but in the meantime, what, do you, what is your view on the current competition and upcoming competitions, like, for example, Binance or Huobi or Kraken? 
these are even bigger exchanges with higher volumes, trading volumes compared to Coinbase? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a good question, because in fact, if you look at Coinbase's position in the crypto community, right, which is still largely retail, Binance is absolutely the, the dominant exchange. Their volume, to give you comparison, is about $80 billion in the 24-hour period versus Coinbase is only $5.3 billion. In fact, even Hobi is trading $20 billion every 24 hours versus Coinbase's $5 billion. However, Coinbase is, again, predominant exchange in the U.S., probably most trustworthy, people would say, as well as they are trying to be as compliant to the laws and they, they're very sensitive about complying to U.S. laws, of course. And also when it comes to their KYC or AML checks, I think people just naturally trust Coinbase. Again, being physically located in the U.S. helps as well. People have just saying, oh, okay, Coinbase, I feel safe, right? This makes up for the whole competition. So a lot of these Binance, Huobi, or let's say even other exchanges like FTX, Bifinex, there are a ton of them, but more and more exchanges are not even allowing U.S. citizens to open an account. That's why some U.S. citizens go to decentralized exchanges, because there's just too much control or sensitivity around accepting U.S. citizens, or maybe North America in general. So that's why I think they're quite protected, Coinbase, despite uh, having all these exchanges available that have many more tokens or even better rates, I think Coinbase is there to be safe and quite solid base in the crypto community. Although any other exchange uh, in the US as strong as Coinbase would be Gemini, but they're even even more institutional in my opinion. And the number of like assets they add, the tokens is much less than Coinbase. So uh, again, I think competitive landscape for Coinbase is uh, quite favorable to them. I believe Coinbase market position is even more compliant compared to others since they got listed now and then uh, subject to financial systems scrutiny. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you mentioned about crypto winter and back in 2018. So I observed interestingly 2018 Coinbase revenue was actually very high at 1.3 billion US dollar and the margin was pretty thick at the same time. But in the meantime, the revenue in 2019, when the price went up slightly, the revenue went down to significantly to 0.5 billion and came back to 1.2 billion as we have seen recently in 2020. So this seems like some implied cyclicity of crypto exchanges, the businesses and their revenues. Will we see the same similar patterns in the future? Or should we be cautious about it in terms of when we are investing? That's a good question. I, I would go back to this, this volatility I mentioned. I think like, will crypto continue to have the transaction volume that we're seeing today? Currently, the market momentum is very strong, right? And there's even growing institutional adoption, high transaction growth. So all the stars are aligning for Coinbase, right? They could not have timed this even more perfectly, in my opinion. If you actually look at how much Binance does, 80 billion every 24 hours, and I think NASDAQ does uh, slightly over 200 billion every uh, 24 hours, if I'm not mistaken. So I would look at the upside. Again, looking at their monthly active users is only what? 
did I say about 3% of their user base? I think just working with their existing user base alone will bring up that volume. So the revenue wise, as long as they can go after the existing user base, re-engage them, and hopefully there'll be enough growing appetite with this FOMO effect, as well as regulatory clarity coming in for crypto, I think just not even adding incremental users, if they were to able to get from 3% to let's say 20% of their user base being monthly active or even 50% of them being monthly active, I think that alone will add a huge uh, additional revenue on them. So that would be my core answer to this. And I think they have the know-how now to re-engage the users. Because the thing about crypto is it takes a lot of education. It's just really word of mouth and, and really the formal effect I mentioned that, that triggers panic buying or people are just getting sucked into the system. But if you actually look at it as Coinbase trying to really simplify trading, trying to make the on-ramp easy, just with a few click of buttons, make they're actually giving you free tokens even. If you take a course on any token, you earn free tokens for that project. So they're doing a lot of effort like this to make sure that there is user engagement. So I think I'm okay. Even during winter, I think, again, as long as they can re-engage their user base, I think the momentum will continue. Sounds like we, you're believing in their long-term growth with the existing user base and more adoption, more retention, and more returning users from pool. And at the same time, if you want to buy like 20 plus price per sales multiple, similar level to top tier high growth tech companies like Tesla, there should be something really disruptive in the future that Coinbase can unlock the high potential. And that could be people say a digital payment, digital trading, or sorts of peer-to-peer -peer transactions like e-commerce. What is your view on their capability in the future to unlock those all kinds of opportunities? I'm, I'm super optimistic. I think they're going to become the dominant player in digital payment and digital trading and all sorts of peer-to-peer -peer transactions like e-commerce you just mentioned. That's because if you look at this digital trend we have today, even in traditional tech, let's not even talk crypto for now. If you look at creator economy, influencer economy, or celebrate engagement, all these marketplaces are coming up. The one thing they commonly say is like payment is pain in the ass. It's more like, even if I engage these uh, celebrities or influencers, how do we pay them? Every single one of them need to connect their bank account to receive payment. I know Stripe is enabling that worldwide and, and, and they're growing like crazy, but imagine if it was just an app. That's what crypto is, right? Just digital money, like you don't need anything in between. It's like, I send you a token over an app. As long as you have that app, I can send it to you. That's why it's so powerful. And this is why even governments are creating like central bank backed digital currencies because effectively you cut out every middleman, uh, huge, huge cases that we haven't even thought about. Whether it's marketplaces, where it's peer to peer creator economy and Coinbase will be right in the middle of it because they have the know-how. They already have an app again with 43 million users and then at the same time, they have kind of an education platform. So they can even easily create an ad tech ecosystem. I know Coinbase probably not never gonna consider this, but even advertising is an option. Although, you know, the crypto community is very against advertising because all these ideologists are, you know, against the centralized services. But again, advertising could be an option for Coinbase. You have like decentralized apps 
Coinbase can be right in the middle of it. And ultimately, they are the digital wallet. So that is basically saying they are already in fintech, naturally, and in fact, a very big fintech, I would say. And on top of that, never let's not forget Coinbase has a ventures arm. So they're investing all these early stage crypto companies that, again, we have no idea about the mass potential they might bring. So again, all these are very early. However, Coinbase is in it, right in the center of it. That's what makes it very exciting for their growth, as well as not just in transaction space, but really going beyond the exchange. Sounds exciting. As you mentioned, Coinbase's position as kind of accelerator within the fast-growing industries like e-commerce, fintech, and etc. And we're talking about many lucrative potential futures, but in the meantime, what are the other risk factors for investors should keep in mind? I think there are a couple of things. Risk does include high variance in profits. Their revenue and profits, of course, depend on trading frequency and continued momentum of this crypto that we're seeing today. The high participation in crypto in 2020, like it was never expected, but will this continue and will this continue to grow is key. However, of course, custody service and you know, subscription service is growing, right? In fact, all their other core services like subscription and services and other revenues are all growing at over 100% year over year. So I think that are probably balanced out even the risk included in trading frequency and momentum continuing. However, I would say the bigger risk is to operations, which is regulations, competition, and banking. As with all exchanges, there is always an operational security risk. Can they stress test? Can they protect the assets? And also, how do they compare to other traditional exchanges? So let's say average ratio of exchanges market capitalization to total stock market size is only about 1%. But Coinbase's valuation of like 80 plus billion indicates a ratio of 7%. So that's pretty high compared to the traditional exchange businesses. So again, those are like probably another risk, I would say, just in, from a comparable perspective. But personally, again, I would go back to my second point, which is really about regulatory risk and security risk would be probably much higher. I would put that much higher against any other risk out there, whether it's competition, stability, growth, uh, even comparables. Those are secondary, I would say, compared to regulation and security. Got it. Now that Coinbase has valuation around up to even $100 billion on a fully diluted basis, what does this mean for other exchanges such as Binance that does over 10 times volume? Should these token or company valuation be higher? That's a great question because I, I feel like this is where I think these exchanges and the questionable state of these other exchanges come to play, right? Even Binance is huge and they're very global. Uh, will US ever let them go public? And in fact, like I think a lot of their C-levels are unknown people. And then the founder of Binance is uh, CZ. And I don't know, I think he, he may be like running around in Marta or whoever, who knows where he is. I think Binmax was another one where um, Arthur Hayes was wanted by the FBI 
for running highly leveraged, like 100x leverage. In fact, he invented this perpetual leverage and a lot of 100x leverage for crypto. A lot of people thank him for <laughs> kickstarting crypto uh, craziness, but I think he turned himself over. So a lot of these exchanges are at risk of not being compliant, period. And none of them need to go public, in my opinion, because couple of them actually have tokens. So Binance has a token called BNB, Huobi has a token, FTX has a token. And all of their token, uh, we call it coin market cap, is, is insane to the point they don't need money. In fact, they're so flush with cash, it's unbelievable. Binance valuation from their BNB coin is $79 billion. It's crazy. It's as if having your own central bank, right? You can burn it, mint it. Of course, there are like protocols in the code where there's supply cap. And once people find out, they revolt and argue that, oh my God, they are not living the true crypto spirit. Even then, they still have control over the token. Huobi's token or coin market was 3.6 billion. FTX token is worth 5 billion in market cap. And now the new trend is uh, decentralized exchanges, right? We, we call them DEX. And there's uh, Uniswap and Sushi. They both have tokens and they have $19 billion market cap and $2 billion market cap, respectively. So I would say no. Other exchanges, highly unlikely they're going to go public. First, again, because of regulation. And second, because they don't need to. And I hope they really go public so I can buy their stuff. i really fascinated by their business model where... They can get profit when the cryptocurrency price goes up or goes down. Either way, they generate revenues and profits and the market obviously going to expand going forward and with higher adoption. Yeah, I think there's one point I also think I want to mention is that there is a growing trend of decentralized exchanges. This is where Coinbase's role becomes very important because it's a centralized exchange. That means there are people behind it. There are paid employees behind it. So I think for them would be to play a leadership role in terms of stability, right? So decentralized exchanges, in principle, quite peer-to-peer. There's no central entity that you can go after when things go wrong, let's say. However, with Coinbase, recent event, actually just 12 hours ago, there was a market crash. And there were actually the highest liquidations ever recorded was 12 hours ago. 10 billion in liquidations happened. And that was a stress test, whereas a lot of decentralized exchanges didn't cope well. I think there was a flash crash where Ethereum hit $900 in one of the protocols called Perpetual Protocol. And that, that sucks, right? Because it quickly bounced back to 2000, but like this exchange couldn't handle the stress. So there was a huge collapse and there was huge slippage in trading. So I think centralized exchanges are continue to play an important role due to their robust infrastructure, slippage protection, and absorbing a lot of like gas fees. Gas fees is what we call what you pay to trade, right? What you pay to run a transaction. So a lot of this is, again, the reason why people choose Coinbase over decentralized exchange. As long as the coin is listed, the coin that you want to trade, people really prefer to trade over a centralized exchange because of various reasons of speed, lower transaction fee as well as uh, stability. That's an interesting statement because cryptocurrency and blockchain's concept is 
to stay away from conventional financial systems and wherever other cryptocurrencies like Coinbase, they're trying to live together with the traditional systems. And it's really interesting to see how that symbiotic relationship will evolve over time. Uh, yeah, that is a good point because a lot of the people who analyze the movements, because everything is on a blockchain ledger, right? So the beauty thing about blockchain is everything's searchable. And a lot of these analytic tools, the signal they usually look at is, is the asset, like the token, moving on to centralized exchange? If there's a huge movement of tokens going to exchanges, that's a signal of selling. So it's, it is funny because a lot of this started with ideology of decentralizing ourselves, not depending on central entity, but ultimately people, when it comes to money, they go to the most convenient place, they go to the cheapest fee. So like, it's kind of ironical. It's counter, it, it counters the ideology of like, why are we engaging with centralized exchanges when the whole philosophy around crypto was to to be like decentralized and continue that, right? So you're right. A lot of movement that people detect, try to detect is like, oh, there was 100,000 coins moved onto Coinbase or Binance and people like panic and sell because that's a signal that, okay, people are moving there to, to basically dump the coin or sell the coin. And the, when the coins move away from the exchanges, people take it like, oh, it's a good sign because it's going from hot wallet to cold wallet, meaning people are going to store it and they want to keep it for a while. So yeah, there's a lot of signals that people also detect. And this is where, again, uh, Coinbase is at, right at the center of even analytics and people monitor movements in and out of Coinbase all the time. Sounds very interesting. I think there are a lot of things we need to keep in view and discuss more to fully understand the dynamics. Yeah. And also, I think good thing about crypto now, I, I mean, we started this about the whole theme about today's podcast was what should we invest in Coinbase? But if you actually look at traditional VCs like A16Z, they have a huge crypto portfolio, right? I think I see them more and more investing in infra and actual companies versus token itself. And the reason is, I think they're even calling a fourth revolution of tech. Because I think I'm seeing even traditional finance coming to crypto and then there are companies, startups getting created that has nothing to do with token itself. So they would create a platform for, let's say, programmers or coders to trade. So it's like individual traders who are running their own hedge fund in the basement. Uh, we've, of course, seen that movement in GameStop, but these are highly intelligent people who can code. And because crypto is very open right now, a lot of um, inefficiencies there, they basically plug into exchange APIs and create all kinds of sorts of algorithm to trigger uh, hedging or any other algorithm they want to test, basically. So it creates some fascinating community where what you couldn't do in traditional market, you're able to do in crypto. And once traditional market catches up to the innovation of crypto, I'm talking about in the finance sector, naturally all these companies can apply to their solutions to the existing finance. So there's a blending in effect. That's why I think we'll see more and more companies that could potentially become the next unicorns. And they're not just Coinbase, but it could be exchanges, it could be trading platforms, 
or it could be like I said, creator economy marketplaces. So I'd really look out for those. And I wouldn't just wash off, you know, write off crypto companies just because they have very bad perception from a couple of years ago, or there's really bad stereotyping. Oh, crypto, like it must be bad or it must be scammy. I think that era is completely over. And this is what I would look for, basically. Look out for those hidden gems. Uh, They're trying to really solve a problem. What you couldn't do in traditional market, but they're doing it in crypto. And then I would really uh, look at the use cases around that. I'm really looking forward to seeing all those innovations and disruptions from blockchain technology to improve with real use cases. But in the meantime, it's interesting to note that since you are more biased toward uh, as an evangelist of cryptocurrency, whereas there are many, still many pessimists, as you mentioned, still 66% of US adults are not interested in crypto at all based on recent survey. And 18% of them have never heard of it, actually. And number of people investing in crypto is rising quickly. It is still remains low at 9% of US adults. That's the current situation. And we probably will see higher numbers going forward, given Coinbase entered into mainstream financial system just now. ARK Invest invested about 64 million US dollars in Coinbase shares by selling off $99 million Tesla share, which is an interesting movement. And some people says PayPal has market cap above 300 billion US dollar. And there's no reason to say Coinbase should not be valued more than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting that you say that because if you actually look at very traditional firms like PayPal, or in fact, uh, Square comes to mind, I think they are going to go into crypto. In fact, Square is very heavy in crypto already. Jack Dorsey is a huge fan of Bitcoin, right? So I think the war will heat up. I think the competition will heat up. Will the traditional finance players or fintech players coming into crypto have a better edge because they know finance inside out and they've been doing it for a long time with a very large workforce versus will Coinbase have an upper hand because they started as a crypto firm to begin with. Uh, that's to be seen. And um, that, uh, you know, ARK investments, investing in Coinbase very aggressively, I think ARK is known for like investing in innovation, right? Their conviction uh, play, right? When Once they believe in something, they just, just do it and hold for long term. So let's see. <laughs> They've often proved a lot of doubters wrong. And this is probably another one. Who knows? <laughs> it might go in their way or I'm, I'm optimistic. However, it's also interesting to see that there is a lot of rumor that like, or I think it's a fact, in fact, that a lot of insiders sort, like Coinbase insiders, whether it's uh, C-levels of Coinbase, they sold a huge chunk of their shares on the listing day. So is that because it was direct listing, they're trying to provide liquidity or was it because they didn't trust in their a future prospect of the company. There are a lot of speculations. So, yeah. So today's statements like we made, of course, are totally personal views, uh, not investment advice, but I stand by a lot of what I said. (laughs) Right. I feel like we need to save the rest discussions for the next session, given the time limit today. Thanks, Philip, for all the insights and sharings. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Good questions, and I'm, I'm happy to host another session. So thank you for the invitation, and thank you for uh, listening cool. in. Let's catch up at our next session.